Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, running, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby, go. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Monday and we are starting our unit rankings with NFC quarterbacks, which should be a whole lot of fun uh, unless you have an NFC depth chart that looks sad, like some of the teams on here. Uh, But before we dive into that, how was your weekend, gentlemen? You know, my weekend was pretty good. I, uh... I'm not going to say I won Mother's Day, but my wife came out of it not hating me. And so that's that's a victory of some sort, right? It is. Yeah, it was good. Uh, the son had his last soccer game of the season. We celebrated Mother's Day. Did nothing yesterday. It was nice. Looking forward to more weekends like that. Yeah, you got to soak it up while you still can uh, the couple months we have left before the season begins. Uh, We didn't have a lot of news this weekend, but one piece of news, uh, it seems Matt Ryan is probably not going to be playing professional football next year because he has agreed to take a spot as an analyst for CBS. So Matt, I'll start with you. Uh, Good move uh, for Matt Ryan. Do you think he's a Hall of Fame contender? Oh, man. Hall of Fame contender. I honestly don't know. I think that he'll be in the discussion. Will he actually make it into the Hall of Fame? I mean, I would think if they're going to put Eli in, he's probably got a shot. He doesn't have a Eli Super, Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah. It's not his fault they didn't win a Super Bowl, all right? That's all on Kyle shenanigans. Let's, uh, let's be honest here. That is not Matt Ryan's fault. <laughs> uh, but I think it's a good move for him. I mean, I think he... It, it really seems like uh, quarterbacks understand the game a lot better. I'll be very intrigued to see how he handles it. I mean, Tony Romo was a favorite of a lot of people's early on. I feel like Matt Ryan is not going to be as annoying as Tony Romo is in the booth. So I feel like it, Ryan could be fine there. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, but, I'm, I mean, I'm excited for him. Good for him for moving on to the, the next best thing for him and his family. Well, but he immediately tweeted out in the very same announcement that it was not a retirement announcement. So it's one of those, it feels like he's saying, Hey, I, I got bills to pay. I'm going to go make some of this, this analyst money, but I want to play somebody come and sign me. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to give you that, you know, he won't, if I'm not going to say that he won't be annoying uh, because I think I don't think we're gonna even notice him. I think he's gonna be so effing boring. He strikes me as he's gonna like he's not gonna be successful because he's gonna be so boring that he doesn't 
viewer, you know, viewers tune in to hate Tony Romo. Viewers aren't going to tune in to, to for Matt Ryan or to hate Matt Ryan. And I, I don't think that makes for great TV. Yeah, I don't know what he'll be like as an analyst anymore. I half the time I mute these games when I'm watching them. There aren't a lot of great uh, pairings out there, but I, I don't think he would make the Hall of Fame if this is his last game. He was a solid, if unspectacular, quarterback. We're not even sure Philip Rivers is going to make it. And I think Rivers had better total numbers. The Colt playing for the Colts also convinced Rivers and Andrew Luck to retire. Um, so, you know, their track record the last couple of years, spectacular. Uh, piece of news that I found interesting, uh, Shane Ray, who was once a first-round draft pick by the Denver Broncos and hasn't been in football since I think they said 2019, signed for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Von Miller seemed pretty pumped about it. I don't know what to make of that. Somebody's got to get Von Miller his coffee in the morning. I guess. It was definitely interesting. He, you know, Ray didn't pan out. To think after being off for four years – he, he's, you know, he either is going to be a fringe roster guy, that, you know, or somebody that, you know, bounces back and forth between the practice squad, or he pops and immediately gets popped for steroids. I mean, I feel like this just continues. The Buffaloes had the strangest offseason in recent memory, especially for a team that's supposedly trying to cling on to that Super Bowl window. But we will not get to talk about Buffalo's quarterbacks today because today is all about the NFC signal callers. Each of us has ranked the quarterback rooms 16 to 1. This isn't just about the starter. This is about the depth of the room, which will matter as we get to looking at some of these teams. So I figure we'll do uh, four at a time. Dennis, why don't you kick it off with 16 to 13? So I have the Buccaneers at 16. The Packers at 15, the Seahawks at 14, and the Falcons at 13. You know, initially, I, I basically went through and ranked the starters from 1 to 16, the second stringers from 1 to 16, the third stringers from 1 to 16, and then I had then I had my numbers. Okay, this is the order. And as the more I thought about it, I thought, why does the third-string quarterback have an equal weighting to the first string quarterback. So then I kind of changed it. And while it, it does not equal a hundred percent, what did I change it to? I did use the factor of 0.8 for the starters, 0.25 for the second stringers and 0.1 for the third stringers. So, you know, I, the way I look at it is when I ranked them, I said, okay, which second stringer do I want to have start for me? If, if I have to start a game, which third stringer? But the third stringers are just least likely, you know, it, and I don't think Baker Mayfield's going to have a comeback. I think he's going to be the starter for most of this year, maybe even next year. But chances are Baker Mayfield is quote unquote mentoring Drake May or Caleb Williams next year. I believe a little bit in Jordan Love, but man, he's just so young without a track record. And honestly, Sean Clifford and, and Danny Eitling is the backup there. I, I, I don't look good. Gino, I think, is going to fade. I don't necessarily believe in Drew Locke being able to come in. And I don't even know who Holton Allers is. <laughs> so, um, And then the same thing with the Falcons. You know, I, I don't think Taylor Heineke is the two. 
he's a guy that's going to come in and play okay for a game. Ritter, we have to see what's going on. They've got some weapons. Logan Woodside is your classic clipboard holder. So, yeah, I mean, I, I looked at it as how how I would rank some of the starters, and then really the depth of the backup room here if something were to happen. And that's kind of how I came to to my rankings altogether. You know, Jordan Love could be good. Maybe I'm letting his his time at Utah State affect me too much, but he was just not a, a overall very good prospect when he came out. I was extremely surprised he went in the first round. And while he's shown flashes, you know, again, the room behind him, if something were to happen, Sean Clifford and Danny Etling, I think that might arguably the, be the worst backup room in this entire conference. So that is why they came in there at 16 for me. 15 was it was actually hard for me on on where to put the Buccaneers. I was torn on moving them up to almost 11 and then putting them here. Well, I don't expect Baker Mayfield to necessarily uh, be a good quarterback and score you a lot of points. You know, if something happens to him, I, I saw Jacoby Brissett actually have the Browns in a lot of those games and close to winning some of them. So, like, I can't knock Jacoby Brissett that much. But overall, I do not think that the room is, is extremely talented, and I would not be surprised if neither one of those guys are on the roster next year. The Rams, I mean, I know they have Matt Stafford. They're already talking about him having elbow issues, back issues. Like, I would not be surprised if Stetson Bennett starts more games this year than Matt Stafford does, and and, and I, I understand that the dude just won back-to-back national championships. But he's not – he's your typical backup quarterback. So that that's why they came in here. The Commanders was an interesting one for me. I, I like Sam Howe. I just don't know. And and maybe it's it's more the offense. I'm sorry. Jacoby Brissett's with the Commanders, isn't he? Who's with the Buccaneers? Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask. That's why they're down there. My bad. Jacoby Brissett is here with the Commanders. And that's where I think that we might actually have a chance to see him. I like Sam Howe. I don't know that he fits into this offense. He's a, a smaller quarterback. I mean, he's a little bit smaller than Baker Mayfield. Now, he's got more athleticism than Baker. I think he's got a better arm downfield than Baker, but I would not have put him as a overall QB prospect better than Baker. So I'll be very curious to see how this works out. But I think the team around him is going to fail him. So that's why I think we will eventually see Jacoby Brissett or Jake Fromm. I assume it's going to be Brissett. Uh, so that's why they come in here. Like, I, I just, I don't think Hal's going to hold on to the job. I, I think the commanders will be looking for a new quarterback next year. You might rather Jake from State Farm over Jake from, but I guess we'll see if it comes to that. Um, for mine, I I weighed uh, experience, experience in the room. You know, having a quality backup is a luxury for some of these teams, in addition to upside uh, for the starter. So I also have Green Bay at 16, a lot of the same reasons Matt touched on. Fourth year for Jordan Love was a former first-round pick, but in his entire NFL career, he has thrown 83 regular season passes and only started one game. We just don't really know what he's going to be. Uh, and behind him, you know, those 83 passes look like Hall of Fame numbers compared to Danny Etling and Sean Clifford, who have no experience. So I think that just, for me, they have to prove something, and that's why I have them down there. Second for me was the Washington Commanders. Sam Howell was a fifth-round pick. I thought he looked okay in his one start last year. I mean, it was 11 for 1,969 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. And that was enough for them to kind of <coughs> go with him. He has nominally more 
um, you know, starting experience, I guess, than, than uh, Jordan Love. Behind him, though, they do have a quality backup in Jacoby Brissett. I'm not wowed by Jacoby Brissett. I don't think he's anybody's idea of, um, you know, a great backup. So I have him. I have them there. Then I have the Atlanta Falcons. Desmond Ritter started four games, went two and two. He was okay. Behind him was Taylor Heineke. And then, as Dennis mentioned, Logan Woodside. I thought all three of those groups are really you don't know what you're going to get from your starting quarterback. If pressed, I guess I would prefer Heineke as my backup over Jacoby Brissett was my ultimate deciding factor. And then I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, a lot of things you guys said it, are the same for me. Baker of these four teams is the starter I like the best at this point in time, which is, I guess, really saying something. Matt, why don't you look at 12 through 9? All right, so my 12 through 9, I actually just switched them. Uh, at 12, I have the Cardinals. Uh, look, I would not be surprised if if Kyler Murray is not on the Cardinals at this point in time next year. I, I would not be surprised if he doesn't play. Behind him, you're looking at Colt McCoy, who actually, I think we know what he is. I would not be surprised if we see Clayton Toon at some point in time playing. I think this room is bad. I think this team is bad. I think this offense is bad. And I, I should also mention – uh, we didn't put any parameters on this like we did the wide receivers. So when I look at quarterbacks, I take everything into account, not just necessarily the quarterback. Because, again, this is a fantasy game, and I'm trying to look at the guys who are going to win me fantasy championships. And I just think the whole offense is bad. I actually debated putting the Cardinals down as low as 14 or 15. But, again, if, if Kyler Murray plays, I feel like that'll help them stay somewhere in the top you know, 12-ish. That's where I put them. At 11, I have the Falcons. I'm I'm definitely higher on Ritter than most people, and some of that goes into Arthur Smith. Again, I think that he has a better skill set than Ryan Tannehill, and we saw Ryan Tannehill be an extremely good fantasy quarterback with Arthur Smith. He's got the offensive line. He's got the weapons. And then, you know, behind him, it's not necessarily a great room. I will give you that. But I think that he is going to be fine. I mean, we've actually seen Taylor, Tyler Henneke, although I think they were under 500. He still took the Washington football team at the time to the playoffs. So that's a much better backup than some of these other teams have. And, and I think he'll be able to push Ritter to keep him as the starter. The Seahawks, I just I didn't feel like I could put them any lower. I know that Geno Smith might end up being a mirage with what he did last year, but if he ends up playing as well as he did last year, then they deserve to be higher on this list because he's a top quarterback in the NFC. So it just felt, you know, if I'm being honest, a little bit disrespectful to put him down here, but I really didn't feel like I could move him up anywhere else, especially with the fact that, again, if he gets hurt, you're counting on Drew Locke, and we've just kind of seen that experiment doesn't work. The Panthers, it's a lot of betting on Bryce Young here, I guess. I mean, Andy Dalton's a fine quarterback, and I think if he does start the year for the Panthers, they'll be a fine offense. He'll be able to distribute the ball well. Uh, but I, I, as much as I like Bryce Young, and I had him as my QB1 overall in this class, we've seen more often than not quarterbacks come into the NFL and fail. And so I can't say that he is going to be the stud above some of the guys ahead of him. So that's why I brought them in here at the, what is that, the halfway point of the NFC quarterbacks. Do you want me to go next? Yeah, you All can right. go. So I have the commanders at 12. Uh, Sam Howell actually is just slightly bigger than Baker Mayfield. Um, they're the same height, but Sam Howell was three pounds heavier. I, you know, 
I think if if Howell had played in Baker's college offense, he may very well have been a, a high first round pick as well. Um, I think Howell showed his his last year in college that he has a sneaky mobility. He's got good size. He's he's not afraid to run it if he has to. He lost a whole bunch of weapons after his junior year, and it hurt him. I mean, I, I I'm not going to sit here and try to make him out to be. Um, you know, some world beater. I mean, I have them as the 12th rated quarterback room in the uh, uh, NFC. And I, I had Howell at 14, but Brissett was my QB four for the backups. I, I think that, I don't think Brissett has the upside that Sam Howell has. And, and I don't think Sam Howell has a ton of upside. I think Howell is your classic, you know, his upside is Derek Carr is kind of what Sam Howell's upside is. Um, you got, you got, oh, am I back? Yeah. I thought you just got so moved by your love yeah. for Jacoby Brissett that it, it took you a minute. So, and then at 11, I, I've got the Lions at 11, and, you know, I feel like I should probably – The Lions fans aren't having it <laughs> way, way too low. Well, I will jump in and do my four and then we can hear uh, the last of uh, Dennis's when he bounces back uh, at 12 for me, I have the Los Angeles Rams. If uh, Matt Stafford is healthy uh, to me, he is better than the 12th best quarterback in the NFC, but we don't know if he's totally healthy behind him. As you mentioned, Stetson Bennett, a rookie and Brett Rippon, who is a Jag. Uh, and I say that with all the love in the world. He was here with Denver for a long time, but um, not exactly gonna gonna light it on fire. So I didn't love the depth behind them there. Uh, at eleven for me, I had the Seahawks. Uh, Geno Smith had a great year last year. Can he keep it up? We hope so. Um, Drew Locke is not the worst backup quarterback on this list, but he's far from the most impressive, so I couldn't really justify raising him. Uh, at 10, I actually have the Chicago Bears. I like Justin Fields. Um, for fantasy, he was incredible last year. As an actual quarterback passing, it wasn't great. They didn't have a lot of weapons. They've worked on that substantially. Could he take a big step forward? Yeah, I love his potential, but they also don't really have much impressive behind him. P.J. Walker looked good in the XFL and Nathan Peterman once started for um, John Gruden. And that's about the nicest thing I can say about either of those guys. And then number nine for me, I have the Detroit lions, not that much higher than Dennis. I think Jared Goff's been rock solid. He was QB 10 in fantasy last year. Um, Hendon hookers kind of a project behind him and Nate Sudfield doesn't get me that excited. So I couldn't justify putting them any higher than that. But Dennis, you were talking uh, number, um, 11 quarterback, the Lions. Yeah, I, you know, I like what Goff has been able to accomplish in Detroit, but I don't think he has uh, a lot going long term. Hendon Hooker is the backup in Nate Sudfield. Like you said, there's, there's a lot to prove. I, I think we know what Sudfeld is. He's a QB three for some team. Uh, journeyman who you hope never gets pre pressed into being a starter for any stretch. Uh, I have the Rams at 10. You know, I, I agree with you. Stafford could be really great or Stafford could be banged up and, and there's Stetson Bennett behind him. Now, I like Stetson Bennett's moxie 
And it'll be interesting to see if maybe he does surprise us if he gets a chance to start. We, we've seen that from some players before. And so I'm, I'm not opposed to seeing what happens there. I've got the Cardinals at nine. I've never been high on Kyler Murray. Um, and what's he got behind him? Colt McCoy, Clayton Toon. You know, maybe Clayton Toon grows into something. I We know what Colt McCoy is at 36 years old. Uh, I think the, the fact that Colt McCoy is in the NFL at 36 years old after the hand he was dealt by the Cleveland Browns it is an utter testament to his sheer, sheer will and fortitude. Um, you, you can keep going, do your next four. All right. So then I have the Vikings at number eight. You know, Cousins is not likely to be there long, at, maybe not after this year. And then they've got Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall. So I don't think either one of those guys is going to be starting for the Vikings next year. I think they have they bring in somebody else, but they do move on from Cousins. Cousins is, you know, for this year, maybe it's maybe I'm too low on him. I guess I have him at QB seven in the NFC. So that's that's not terrible. Uh, I have the Giants as my seventh ranked QB room. You know, Daniel Jones is going to win some of his mobility. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, again, another guy that's a testament to being in the league. He came in as a very unheralded passer out of Virginia Tech, not terribly accurate. And here he is in his you know early to mid-30s still bouncing around the league collecting paychecks. Uh, Tommy DeVito behind Hall or behind Taylor. Um, yeah, I don't know what we're going to get out of him. Uh, the Niners are my number six. When I initially did this rank, rank these and I ranked everybody as – equal weighting. The Niners were my number one. And I was like, yeah, there's, there's a flaw in my system here. If the Niners are my, with Brock Purdy, who's my QB eight in the NFC, but yet the Niners are, are my one. And the, the reason was, is that Sam Darnold is the best QB three in the NFC East by far. So, and Trey Lance still has a ton of potential, I think. Uh, but Brock Purdy is, you know, He's got to follow it up there. We need to see, is there, can he continue? And if he can't, what happens? Is it going to be Lance? Is it going to be um, Sam Darnold? And and what do they get out of it? And then I have the bears at number five. I agree with you. PJ Walker isn't, isn't a whole lot behind uh, Justin Fields. Now his mobility does give them an opportunity to run a similar style of offense. But at 5'11 and 200 pounds, uh, there's a substantial difference between him and Justin Fields at 6'3 and 230. Uh, and Nathan Peterman, uh, you know what? He he's was my third-ranked QB3. So I, I love Justin Fields. So I think Fields does take a step this year. I think the thing improves. But we're talking, you know what, 450 passes maybe, up 400. I, I not expect him to throw. Uh, so at eight, I have the 49ers. How's the saying go? If you have three quarterbacks, you have none. I, I mean, they've got three okay quarterbacks. I, Trey Lance has a high ceiling, but we haven't seen it. So I, I don't know that I can rate him that highly. I know Brock Purdy had an amazing year for being Mr. Irrelevant. 
So did uh, Davis Mills in Houston the year before, and I know he wasn't Mr. Irrelevant, but he came down, he came crashing down to earth pretty quickly in his second year. And I would not be surprised if we don't see the same thing happen with Brock Purdy. We know what Sam Darnold is. I mean, I don't disagree with Dennis as saying he's probably the best QB three in the NFC, but we've also seen he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. So I, it doesn't put give me a lot of faith in the 49ers. Now, if Lance ends up hitting then the 49ers deserve to be higher on the list. But as of now, like I would not be surprised if they're throwing all three of these guys out there during the preseason, trying to figure out who their starter is. So I, I felt like eight was a generous ranking for them. I honestly thought about putting them lower. The Vikings is solely based on Kirk Cousins. I mean, Nick Mullins has shown that he can be a capable backup. He, he played well at times for the 49ers, won them games. And I think that he could be very fine in that offense if Cousins were to go down. The Lions, same thing. It's Jared Goff, and honestly, it's Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson's system works, and behind that offensive line and what Goff did, he, again, even if Goff goes down, as much as I don't think Hendon Hooker is a starting caliber NFL quarterback, I think he would be able to distribute the ball in this offense, which is all they're asking Jared Goff to do, and I think they do the same thing with Hendon Hooker. So I actually feel fine about him as the backup. And then the Saints, you know, Derek Carr, he's an okay Quarterback, I mean, maybe he returns to that MVP heights we saw back in, uh, well, it was Oakland at the time. They weren't the Las Vegas Raiders. And when he, when they were still the Oakland Raiders, they have Jameis Winston behind him as well in case something were to happen. I actually think it's a pretty good quarterback room. Um, I think Derek Carr might have just needed a change of scenery and getting out of the Raiders. You know, he's going to possibly have some pretty good weapons around him as well uh, this year. So I, I actually kind of like the, the Saints room overall with those two plays. Yeah, number eight for me, I have the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins is very solid as a starter, but we, we talked about Mullins Hall behind him. Um, don't know about the strength of the room. And I don't know how, you know, Cousins is solid, but he's maybe not as flashy as some of the uh, other options out there. Uh, number seven for me, I have the Carolina Panthers. Um, this is really, you know, this is – there are a couple spots in this range here for me where the sum of the whole is greater than maybe the total of any single part. Um, I like Bryce Young. I like the upside there, but they also have one of the best and most um, experienced backups in Andy Dalton. Dalton's 83-77-2 in his career. He started 162 games for four different teams. He has a lot of experience. He is not a bad guy if they have to throw him in as a starter. And then the rest of that, they have a couple development options that, you know, could be something Matt Corral was a third round pick last year. If he stays with the team, we'll see. And then Jacob Eason, I just thought it was worth uh, bumping them up a little bit. I like the combination of what they have. Number six for me was New York Giants. I think Daniel Jones really came into his own with Brian Dable last year. I'm excited about seeing them go back at it with a little bit of improved weapons. They didn't go out and go crazy, but they do have a little bit better weapons. And Tyrod Taylor, another guy that I think is underrated for a back of quarterback. He started 53 games in his career, four different teams. He's 26, 25, and one as a starter. He's not going to light your world on fire. You may even hire a trainer in your room to puncture his lung at some point to get another guy out there. But He's not bad if you need to put somebody in as a backup. And then number five for me is San Francisco. Like you guys, I wrestled with this a little bit. They have four quarterbacks currently on the roster who have all started NFL games in Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, Brandon Allen, and Sam Darnold. 
you know, I said it earlier, sometimes the sum of the whole is better than any of its individual parts. I think if I was looking at any of these guys individually, they'd be down lower. But as the strength of a group and as a team that tends to have to use three or four quarterbacks a season, um, they're at number five for me. And can I just say I'm disappointed in both of you guys that I'm apparently now carrying the Cardinals banner. I never wanted wow. this in my life. How dare you? Matt, why don't you start with your top four? Uh, so the Giants come in at number four for me. Daniel Jones had a great year last year. They they re-signed him, so he's going to be there for at least two more seasons. And a lot of this is Brian Dayball as well. We saw what he was able to do with Josh Allen. I'm not saying that Daniel Jones is going to turn into Josh Allen, but again, I think you have to believe in what Brian Dayball has been able to do. And then, Matt, you just mentioned Tyrod Taylor behind him. I mean, Tyrod Taylor is a good backup quarterback. He had some great years with Greg Roman, and he had some good years in Buffalo. I don't think that if Daniel Jones were to go down, that the Giants offense would take this massive step backwards. I think both those players have fairly similar skill sets. I think the offense would be able to run just the same, whether it was Tyrod in or Daniel Jones. Three for me is uh, the Chicago Bears, and this may be buoyed by Justin Fields, but I, I think he, he had an amazing season last year. He got a little bit better passing the ball as the season went on. I believe he'll be able to take that step forward, and I guess I'm a little bit higher on P.J. Walker than you guys are. I mean, I know that he's not going to go out there and carry the Bears to playoffs if, if Justin Fields were to miss multiple games, but we did see him in Carolina make some amazing plays and run a fairly efficient offense. And I believe Dennis was one who said that the skill set's not that far off, especially with the rushing. Like he doesn't have the arm that Justin Fields has, but again, he also has some really good weapons around him. He's got some chemistry already with DJ Moore from their time at Carolina as well. So again, if he were to go down, I actually kind of believe in PJ Walker being good for the Bears. Uh, number two is the Cowboys. You've got Dak, who I think is a solid quarterback for fantasy arguably one of the top quarterbacks in the NFC he would not be my QB two overall, but it also comes in with Cooper rush. who We've seen been very good for the Cowboys. They went out and brought him back in case Dak gets hurt. Uh, to me, that just speaks volumes about, about what they want and what they expect from him. So I, I like that offense and everything built around them as well. Uh, and the number one is, is the Eagles it, it, and it's solely based on Jalen Hurts and, and what that guy has been able to do. I mean, I, I don't know that necessarily the, the room behind him is that great. Ian Book is whatever. Tanner McKee, surprised he got drafted, but they do, I believe, still have Marcus Mariota there. If Hurts were to miss time, I do think Marcus Mariota would be able to be able to thrive here a little bit in the Sirianni offense. He's not going to do what Jalen Hurts does, but he shouldn't lose the Eagles game. So I think they have to be the number one just solely based on, at least for me, Jalen Hurts was the easy number one quarterback in the NFC by a decent margin. Uh, and then it just kind of everything else fell into place after that. Dennis, what are your top four? So I have the Saints at number four. And, well, I'm kind of middle of the road on Derek Carr. I, I do feel like we're heading into the, uh, the sunset years with him. You know, Jameis Winston, I think if Carr goes down, Winston is going to step in and run the offense pretty efficiently with weapons like uh, uh, Chris Olave um, and I, I Juwan Johnson. I think if Winston had to step in there, I don't think the Saints really miss a beat. Do they lose a game because Winston throws three interceptions? Maybe, you know, he's done that before. But I think Winston is, is probably – I have him ranked as my number two, number two quarterback. Um, 
And then Jake Hayner, who's a rookie, he's, he's pretty far down the list, but he does have some promise as a backup. Uh, at number three, I have the Cowboys, and I rank Dak as my number two. You know, I just I'm not ready to give Justin Fields the number two mantle right now. Um, Fields needs to improve his passing, but it isn't so much I think that Dak's all around game. Dak is has lost a lot of his mobility. He's become purely a passer now, and that's starting to drop. I think Dak is going to continue to kind of move down the ranks of the NFC quarterbacks. Um, at number two, I'm I guess I I know. You didn't ask for, you know, being a Cardinal stand. I didn't ask for being a Bryce Young stand, but I got Young at four in the NFC uh, NFC quarterback rankings. I just feel like he landed in a good spot with Frank Reich. They're going to build the team around. They have a good offensive line. And while they don't necessarily have a proven uh, wide receiver core, they've got Thielen who's, who's lost a step, but he's a solid guy. Terrace Marshall Jr., Jr., who started to come on last year. Uh, we're all, uh, a lot of us are high on Jonathan Mingo. They have some potential there. Uh, they drafted Hayden Hurst, who will be a good safety valve. Miles Sanders, I think, is going to have a good year. Uh, and if that defense doesn't step up, there's going to be opportunity for Bryce Young to throw the ball. Um, and then on top, I've got the Eagles. It, it's all on Jalen Hurts. I'd have been, honestly, it probably would have been a lot bigger gap if Marcus Mariota had been better last year. I felt like Mariota deserved another shot. He got it last year and he face planted. Um, I'm not sure if Hertz gets hurt, what Mariota brings to the table. Uh, I like the ability from a few years ago, but maybe he doesn't have the heart for it. Maybe... You know, maybe he's just collecting a paycheck. I don't know. I, I want to see. I, I know he's had a couple bad injuries that have taken away some of his natural ability. Um, but I have I had Mariota as my number seven ranked backup. I actually had Dalton as my number one over Jameis Winston because, in part, I feel like if Dalton was to step into that Carolina offense, he would probably perform a little bit better than. Um, Winston stepping into the the Saints offense, who Winston was my number two. But the top dog in the NFC is Jalen Hurts. Until somebody knocks him off, until he gets injured and has to stop running, he's improving a lot as a passer. He's got great passing weapons. And if he's going to continue to get double-digit touchdown runs, it's fantasy gold. Yeah, I I won't – make you be in suspense. I also had the Eagles number one. They, as you guys said, have the best starting quarterback in the NFC. I actually like Mariota more than either of the two of you. So that actually just confirmed that uh, decision for me. I don't know if I believe much in what they have beyond that, but I like Mariota as an option better than Gardner Minshew, which can't wait till we do the AFC on Friday. Four for me, I had the Cardinals. Um, Just foreshadowing. Are we listing Minshew as the starter? Um, no, no, we're not. I don't think anybody knows who the starter is going to be. Uh, four for me is the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Kyler Murray South is certainly a question. If you like I to believe, the, to you. 
if you like to believe the Cardinals hype, he's ready to go. Um, I'm not sure about that, but they actually do have some interesting options behind him. I know you guys mentioned Clayton Toon, but I don't know if you realize the Cardinals have actually collected quarterbacks. They have Colt McCoy, who's got some experience, David Blau, and Jeff Driscoll, who actually saw start some games for the Texans and actually mix in at quarterback um, for the Texans some last year. Kyler Murray, um, I guess I just believe in him a little more than you guys, and that makes me sad on a whole lot of levels, but they're at number four for me. Number three, I had the Saints. Um, I I like Derek Carr okay. I actually thought Jameis Winston being there gives them one of the better one-two duos. Um, you know, I would have him as a top three backup option. I agree with you that, uh, you know, probably Andy Dalton with his experience and everything would be up there. I liked Mariota more than you did, and then I would have Jameis Winston. So that kind of elevated the strength of those two guys there. Hopefully Derek Carr, he's back with a coach that he played for during his better days. Um with the Raiders, obviously Dennis Allen was their defensive coordinator, but saw something in there. They've actually have some weapons. They have something of a running game. Maybe that'll help Derek Carr. I liked the options there. And number two, I had the Dallas Cowboys. Cooper Rush is not a guy I want to have as my starting quarterback, but he's five and one when he's been asked to come in and sub for Dak, including four and one last year. So I thought that was good enough to have them at number two. So uh, quick recap, Matt, give yours 16 to 1, just the teams in order. All right. So at 16, it was the Green Bay Packers, followed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Los Angeles Rams, the Washington Commanders, the Arizona Cardinals, and the Atlanta Falcons were my 16 to 11. Then my 10 to 1 were the Seattle Seahawks, the Carolina Panthers, the San Francisco 49ers, the Minnesota Vikings, the Detroit Lions, the New Orleans Saints uh, were five, 10 to 5, and then 4 to 1, the New York Giants, Chicago Bears, Dallas Cowboys, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Dennis? So I have the Buccaneers at 16, Green Bay 15, Seattle 14, Atlanta 13, Washington 12, Detroit 11. L.A. Rams 10, Cardinals Vikings 8, Giants 7, Niners 6, Bears 5. So Dennis cut out a little bit there, but he had the Bears at 5, Saints at 4, Cowboys at 3, Panthers at 2, and Eagles at 1. Mine, I have the Green Bay Packers at 16, Commanders at 15, Falcons at 14, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 13, Los Angeles Rams at 12, Seattle Seahawks at 11, Detroit uh, Chicago Bears at 10, Detroit Lions at 9, Minnesota Vikings at 8, Carolina Panthers at 7, New York Giants at 6, 49ers at 5, Arizona Cardinals at 4, woe is me, 3 for the New Orleans Saints, 2 for the Dallas Cowboys, and 1 for the Philadelphia Eagles. And that's going to do it for us today. Uh, if you want to read a little bit more of my take on why I rank these players in this position as we're doing this for our shows, I've actually been writing companion pieces for Campus to Canton. The two NFC, um, I divided it in half so that you don't have to read 70,000 words in one piece. Uh, both the NFC ones published last week. On Friday night, or on Friday, we will be looking at the AFC quarterbacks, 1 to 16. Uh, I love doing this because we all have different opinions on these guys, and now you've shaken my confidence. So I appreciate that greatly. Uh, but Dennis, if other people are um, 
taking a lull in their their rookie drafts and trying to figure out what to do. Uh, how can they fill that time? Well, let's see if I can get it out before I freeze again. They can go and uh, favorite at your favorite podcast platform. Give us a download, follow, rate, review, subscribe. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And be sure to reply to our uh, to our Twitter post from today. Give us your rankings, 16 to 1. We love to see how you guys feel about the quarterbacks in the NFC. Until then, we will see you guys on Friday.